Hi, I'm Andrew Dubber. I'm the director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. Sweden is one of those countries that, as US President Barack Obama once observed, punches above its weight. This is particularly true in a number of domains. Well, music, obviously. Sweden is one of only three net exporters of music in the world. That means they send out more music than they bring in. Britain, the US, and the People's Republic of Pop Production. It's also true in technology and innovation, in startups and new business models, in design. It's true in gender equality, social inclusion, and economic fairness. And someone who connects all of those things together and all of those groups together is Stockholm hyperconnector Sara Helen. Sara is the founder of Stockholm Music City and Nordic Music Tech. She's the co-founder of the Next Stage Challenge, a two-week online music industry hackathon to help the live music sector during the pandemic. And she's the international ambassador for SUP46, the startup hub for exciting new business ideas from Sweden. 46 being the country dialing code, if you were trying to crack that reference. And of course, she had a hand in the success of some Swedish pop royalty, but I'll let her tell that story. But more than anything else, Sara brings interesting people together so that more interesting things can happen. If you look up networker in the dictionary, there's going to be a picture of Sara there. And if you ever find yourself wondering why Sweden does so well at all of these things, well, I'm sure she wouldn't take all the credit, but she's certainly a very good example of something special that happens over here. I spoke to Sara in pre-COVID times, which seems now like a decade ago. So recorded in good old fashioned face-to-face mode in shared physical space inside SUP46, this is Sarah Helen. Enjoy. So I'm here with Sarah Helen, and where's here? Tell me about where we are. Here is actually SAP46, which stands for Startup People of Sweden. It uh, is known as uh, Stockholm's first tech hub, and uh, so it's a co-working space and a very creative community of very early stage startups mm-hmm. and uh, right in the middle of Stockholm in an area that's now in more recent years become known as urban escape due to many uh, similar hubs all working together mm-hmm. in the great ecosystem of Stockholm. And what's your role here because you're not a startup you know you're not that's not Precise. my understanding of what you do. Now, my role here, well, I literally got dragged in about uh, six, seven months before they started. The day I arrived back in Stockholm, I've lived most of my working life uh, abroad and uh, have often spoken about a hub environment during my career. And uh, friends of mine who are moving back at the same time, they said, you must come up and see what's going on in the middle of Stockholm. Uh, Because like so many ex-expats I felt that oh nothing's changed <laughs> come back everything was the same and I walked into uh, this um, actually it was in the neighboring house uh, but it, before moving into where we are sitting now all in the same area and this is 2013 early and where I walked into this absolutely empty space <laughs> where, where three fantastic uh, founders co-founders Jessica 
and Natalie and Sebastian were sitting and all super excited about this hub they were creating. And uh, they needed a lot of help with contacts. And I had uh, personally, I just at once felt this was just a fantastic idea. It's so great that someone's doing this. And I totally got what they were about. I didn't consider myself from tech at all, but I realized how many global contacts I've got through the music industry where I've spent my entire career, um, globally especially. And a lot of people were gravitating and are even more escalating in towards Stockholm. And they had a very, very good uh, community they were already building here uh, locally and nationally. And I brought in a lot of the, I could, everybody that I knew and people in, not at all just myself, but in my own uh, network, we were, we sort of had a physical space to push people towards. It started that way and uh, grew into a role of an international ambassador, basically. And none of them, I, I think I had a clue it would become this big, <laughs> but they uh, were really onto something so great. So it's just been fun to be part of that. And today, uh, more recently, it's become much more structured. And actually, only a couple of weeks ago, we launched, we as in Sub46, a mentorship program. So I'm also part of the mentor program, since they do not have any expertise around music and music tech and the traditional music industry, and also uh, social media and strategies around that which is something I specialize in. Mm. I mean you seem to be a sort of a Venn diagram between the music industry, the tech sector and this idea of connecting. Yes, uh, you, yes. you, you are very much a connector. Let's start with the music industry side of things. What's your background there? Uh, background there is uh, I usually say I slipped into the music industry through marriage. I was a sports journalist. I was always very into music and, uh, and my very early days uh, I was with uh, the ballet and very much into music on a classical way and went from classical to punk. <laughs> a huge interest in music but never saw myself as music industry. Then um, uh, it, it was one of those uh, film-like unreal stories of uh, getting married, deciding what to do, where we would live etc. But the very day we got married, my husband at the time had a number one out of the blue in America. And there, literally, from that day, we were traveling on this incredible 10-year trip of a career that was just crazy. So it started by just, again, helping and connecting, mm -hmm. <laughs> because they were a band that had never been outside of Sweden. And I had grown up with a family all over the world. And uh, so it was uh, just, just came naturally and started as a way to just help, of course, as I would with anybody. Because <laughs> when, when people think of bands from Sweden, the first one they think of is ABBA, the second one they think of, Roxette. Yeah, which, and which it, is... this was Roxette. And it was, uh, it was really incredible because it really came from nowhere. They became number one in America. And we really thought it was standing in wedding clothes. <laughs> 29th of March, 89, it's soon 30 years ago, unbelievably. And literally went on to a, rushed onto a plane to be on the Tonight Show uh, in America and thought, it's just this. And that's what we kept thinking week by week by week. We've just got to ride this. 
And of course, as time progressed, uh, it became a role. And then I took on a proper job in on the team. And even in, I usually say initially, it was definitely just a way of staying together because in those days, these huge tours were uh, 14 months and <laughs> 12 months and even one was still recording albums, promoting albums, touring albums in the uh, older way of doing things. And uh, suddenly 10 years passed and uh, sadly we split up and I felt now I'm going back to being a sports journalist but didn't realize how much part of the industry I'd become. And coincidentally this very same day then as the universe would have it, uh, I got a phone call from somebody at EMI who had no clue that I had anything to do with EMI. It was actually friends of a mutual friend of a, of a more senior sports journalist. And uh, he needed help with uh, opening West Asia for EMI and Virgin Music, which had already been acquired by EMI, uh, for the last remaining territory. This is in the end of the 90s. And uh, that meeting, since we coincidentally both were in the same city, Dubai, <laughs> where not so many people were in 99, 97, 98, uh, we, um, we met and just got on like a house on fire and ended up working seven years together. Uh, his name is Adrian Cheesley. He's still very senior at uh, Universal, who have, of course, recently acquired EMI Virgin. So uh, that's ended up with seven years specifically working a lot Middle East and Southeast Asia. Of course, I was always very involved in any music I could find from Sweden, from all the labels to pull out into the world. Uh, that came as a passion. <laughs> and then I worked uh, quite a lot on global part. There was a lot of uh, chill out music and um, Arabic music being very much integrated into hip-hop at that time so it became quite a lot of surprisingly a lot of work with america spent quite a lot of time there and uh, that's how it went on sadly <laughs> my passion of course coming what i would say today is very much from the artist side of course as you understand not an artist myself but i stepped in from the roxette side that had become my family to uh, uh, the, the music company side, rec record company. And towards the, well, the, when, as everybody knows, it became more and more difficult struggle, especially as an artist, getting less and less, everybody getting less and less. But I promised myself that I'm doing this for artists and I want, and I, my passion has always been within these years with the, music company to uh, find talent and to I always thought it was most fun with a new band in the early stages even those who became giants uh, like working very early stages of Coldplay or and others that didn't become as big and then <laughs> I said now it's crazy I really think that uh, myself and very many colleagues across the industry were feeling the same that it's down in such a tiny percentage going, trickling down to the artist. And of course, it's not become that much better today. And this is at a time, this is about 10 years ago, when I myself started to feel that why is the traditional music industry and the tech side, which I had, was very close to the tech side. Uh, I think I didn't realize until living so much abroad and working with EMI, such a traditional company and very, very British, 
absolutely nothing against the British, but the whole... It's more probably in reverse, the fact that Sweden was so ahead mm. in tech and in internet and in anything to do with technology and startups. And I thought it would be absolutely taken for granted that uh, all of this, these fantastic innovations would work closely to the music industry and closely with the music industry, uh, which of course later getting a bit older and wiser, realizing, well, of course, it's all about the money. <laughs> How did the tech thing start for you? Because you've, you went very deep on uh, the technology side of things. Yes, tech, technology and in the music side, I went very deep. And that was probably, well, I've always uh, been a tech geek, <laughs> just self-learned. I'm beginning to feel ancient, realizing that uh, even in Sweden, when I was uh, at graduating from high school that it was uh, literally I grew up with that it was not even thought of that I would go to a, a Royal College of Technology or such which in hindsight I would have done in a flash just recently I've studied programming and so on just at uh, KTH here in Stockholm it's really fun that one can do that <laughs> right through life but uh, all around me and my family and people in my well, I, I had a lot of uh, male friends who were, I also realized a lot later, were, were literally part of building uh, the technology and platforms, especially digital technology and internet. And Ericsson and my friend with um, Icon Media Lab, all these great foundations. Uh, and um, uh, uh, what's it called? The, I just keep on thinking of Skype when... <laughs> When, well, the first uh, the first webmail platform, which was Swedish as well before Hotmail, and um, oh, starts with an S, it goes later. Uh, that so basically, since a very early age, I had a lot of tech interest, and that just carried on in every way. And when I was with a long, lot years later with the music company, it was so close to me when internet came and when. Uh, all the platforms and social media, I just felt it was so natural to use and utilize and was quite shocked because it didn't happen in Sweden that you were stopped from using these technologies, not even at the record companies. <laughs> so to me, it was a shock that it was, I thought, wow, fantastic, sitting with all the guys in the tech departments, where to all of us, it was so natural to um, use these tools and then to suddenly literally not be allowed to and uh, this stuck with me and then I also thought well a lot of this giving benefit of the doubt it's uh, people not understanding not knowing how helpful they can be I saw it I was working very much not just A&R but marketing and thought these are fantastic tools <laughs> I wasn't even allowed to open a, a web page website um, but basically, I got got these. I did it anyway, and then showed that look, this is a good tool. And then would be, oh, that's not so bad. Uh, it's it's probably like it's always been. <laughs> Takes a while for people to adapt and adjust. But this, uh, since you were asking the technology part, it's basically for me self-learned, and I still would never consider myself. Uh, 
very good or an expert at it in any way, but I'm just so happy I have an understanding for it. Well, this is where you, as a connector, mm. uh, are really interesting because you have this knowledge of the music sector, you have this knowledge of the tech sector, yes. and while you, you say, I'm not an artist, I'm not a technologist, <laughs> but you know how those things fit together and you yes. seem to be the point of connection for all of those things. So tell me about what you started here in Stockholm when you came back. Well, when in uh, Stockholm when I came back and... Uh, going back to uh, being pulled into Sub46 Startup People of Sweden, where we are sitting now, uh, it was very much in line. The, and, and friends who were part of supporting and investing here were friends I'd got to know in uh, entrepreneurs, uh, incredibly tech in-depth entrepreneurs and successful, who had been uh, wherever I had been during the both growing up and during tour years, as I call it. Uh, in other words, London, New York, LA, Silicon Valley, uh, later on Dubai and Singapore. And also all started to move home, as I mentioned at the same time, home here to Stockholm. And had heard this idea of mine about 10 years prior that it wouldn't be great with an environment that people from the music side and the tech side meet in real life or share ideas and do innovations and workshops together. And that's why these people who were starting this had this in mind when they said, Sarah, come up and check this out. It's like your idea, but in broader tech. So I at once got the idea of how great it is when people meet. And that's when the magic happens. And uh, with so, of course, Sub46 was much. It, it, there was very, very little music tech. This is five years back, that exactly five years that they celebrate. Uh, and but of course it was I could easily apply the same to anything any problem that needs to be solved of course is uh, anyone would agree everything is better when you share your knowledge and your and your expertise and your viewpoints from the user end to the person developing something that it goes without saying uh, very early well after supporting SAP uh, they, who, all, who then had heard all about my idea to have it as a music side, they said, well, maybe you can do it as a niche within what we're doing. But I constantly, I was not, not uh, but I was very for that, and I appreciated the support. But one thing that is very, very, uh, which I adamantly said at once, and a colleague of mine always quotes that, which is that, don't forget that music in Sweden, or globally, but specifically, specifically in Sweden, is definitely not a niche. It's larger than all tech put together, uh, and and many people don't realize that. Then, of course, music tech, as one would call it today, is uh, fairly small, but it's really buzzing and growing, and it's incredibly interesting to see how many uh, new companies are being formed and fantastic ideas. And that, uh, to me, who, who left the record company in the end, because I just felt, as many of my colleagues who did the same, that we're here for the artists. We can't accept that they are getting so few percent. This has to become a better world for the creators and a much healthier music industry in every way, not just financially, but in people's uh, quality of life. And doing. We, we need the creative arts in general to be able to uh, continue. <laughs> you need to be able to eat, otherwise it'll die out. And uh, so it's very 
I find in a lot, uh, sadly, there are uh, a few gatekeepers who uh, are not thinking long term in that aspect. Are there technological solutions to that? Absolutely. I, um, I don't even know which ones yet, but <laughs> the ideas popping up all the time. And in, in um, what subsequently has become a, a community that I initiated and started with a fantastic group of people, um, it is called Stockholm Music City, which is based out of Stockholm, very much thinking globally, just the way the Sub 46 mean with Sweden, that it's um, definitely a global community. And our tagline is where music and tech meet, because uh, then you have the people who need solutions and the traditional music industry meeting the uh, tech side. It's, and the traditional music industry doesn't necessarily be, need to be people like myself who worked forever in it. It can also be a new young 17-year-old artist who just realizes he needs tools or she. Uh, and what's great with a really young uh, traditional music side is that they themselves start to develop. But when you have the uh, tech side of things, the music tech companies that come with these amazing solutions to everything from how to reach out or, or uh, companies that are like a, the record company in your phone. <laughs> it's, it's all there. It's just a matter of supporting these uh, new, very early stage startups so that they can get funding and uh, find also find the people in the traditional music industry and the people who can try the product and also who can give feedback that are we developing something that's actually needed or that's even possible to use. And uh, it's fun to see and just, uh, it's only a couple of years since we launched this community, which is a multi-space community. So it's a, and it's very much in the, uh, digital world community-wise, although I really believe in meeting in real life, which is uh, what we do as much as we can, or in, usually in form of meetups or attending global conferences or workshops. Uh, and it is, it, I think I've always felt that way, as you say, as a connector, but it's also, I see it more as an initiator or seeing people that would work well together. I don't even really know how or why sometimes, but I really definitely feel it's just initiating and then they uh, do something amazing. And the more we can connect people and the more this paid forward mentality spreads, the quicker these companies can get off the ground. And uh, in the same way as other hubs are doing in technology in general with uh, contacts with uh, investors, speed dating, and uh, applying, testing, and uh, beta rounds, etc. Because I see what you do as uh, not just a connector in terms of a passive sort of, oh yes, I'll introduce you if you want me to, but very much curatorial and saying, okay, you need to meet this yeah. person. Yes. You need to have a conversation over here because I can see something mm. that will result from that. Is that yes. kind of how you think of it? Yes. I don't even think I think it. I didn't even realize that it was... Uh, what I've realized more lately that it's a talent to uh, or something that's just more in instinct to me that that's why I often say that I don't even know why I feel that you have to definitely meet this person it's nearly like a it's the sort of um, subconscious has already worked out that there's something there 
And sometimes it could just be that, oh, you two just will get on great as friends, or these two groups of people can start a... It's just fantastic. Some people have come with, even with a very similar uh, startup, and then they've just developed one together. And uh, so I do... I don't really think about it much, but I know that I can suss out very quickly that who should meet who and what will initiate greatness. And I really, and that's so I'm really trying personally uh, with Stockholm Music. As I, of course, it's as I mentioned, it's a lot of people, but personally to just uh, try and hone in on this, uh, where many people will say. Well, it's great because you have to have such a large network, and I'll I'll always retaliate or answer that with, uh, it really doesn't matter how many people you know; it's how you know people, and I think that's about really genuinely liking people and being interested in people and wanting good, <laughs> and it's uh, fantastic to uh, come everywhere in the world and find like-minded, because it's of course. Thank God. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not uh, the only one. There are lots of people who partly have this talent and also really feel the same. And the more we hook up and connect together and don't see each other as competition, the greater things we can do. And um, so I really, I really, I'm happy that the people I have good relations to are so open to meeting each other. What's a good outcome for you? I mean, I, I know you see good things happen because you were there and you, you made things happen between other people. Mm. At what point or to what extent do you get involved as a, as a personal outcome that, uh, that results from these things? Well, in, in, uh, well, the personal satisfaction when it becomes a successful company or a successful band on the music side or a successful recording or a, or a successful something new that I didn't even see coming but not surprised with the people that were connected or involved. Uh, sometimes they are very surprised. <laughs> then often I will hear that, oh, you could never have imagined. Yeah, I could have. I did. But Do you ever get written into projects or are yes. you very much the mentor? Uh, often, I mean, on the, uh, of course, since this has become and been not become but been very much part of uh, my work on the living side as well and uh, for those around me uh, as well is is very important not to forget the financial aspect and to to at the same time as it's never that's never been my driving force which i also think is something that people genuinely feel that okay it's genuine interest and passion of course all of us should be able to live on this somehow but uh, the project uh, being written into projects apart from that, of course, when it's some financial solution is more where, where I also can uh, add a bit more other than just the connection or connecting people. But also, if it is, uh, for example, I was very involved just as an advisor in, in or not just, but as an advisor in with Soundtrap in the early days and because... I had a lot of expertise from the industry and also understood the technology and the platform, which was quite easy to uh, grasp. And so I could give more in-depth uh, advice, same as with um, within the Sub46 community, which is very separate to my own company, where anything that is music related, they will at once call me because they don't even know if it's something that's 
that works or what the, it is about. Mm. And then I'll come in for that area. And several of the companies are more and more involved in the beginning. Uh, but most, it's maybe every, I try not to do more than 10 per year. <laughs> it becomes a bit too much. Is Stockholm particularly good at this? Is there a reason that it's Stockholm for you, other than you're just from here? <laughs> well, for me, Stockholm... Uh, actually, it's surprising that I'm back because when I came back in 2013, I thought I was, would just be here very temporarily and uh, ha hadn't picked up on how incredibly big Stockholm had become in all these other areas within tech. I was, of course, very aware of the music side and, uh, and also going back to what I was mentioning earlier, Earlier, I related them to these people I'd grown up with, not understanding that they were working on something that has such a global impact on the digital revolution. And uh, then the amazing thing with that such a small country in the numbers as Sweden has so many innovative people. Of course, I believe that people are innovative everywhere, but we are lucky here to have uh, to have. Uh, the chance of reaching out with your innovation and getting support and going to school and having a very open community and creative creativity is good and free <laughs> these these are of course foundations and uh, also I was talking to someone the other day that on the music side just the fact that we have the most choirs in the world or something I didn't even realize <laughs> I think and then when I said, well, who hasn't been in a choir? Oh, it was just a thing you did. And as most things, you assume it's the same everywhere. But I still don't really know if anyone can answer why exactly are there such a huge amount of uh, successful innovations out of Sweden. It always has been. And I was talking to a colleague of mine. I'm, I'm sitting in the uh, Stockholm City Innovation Award uh, which is also very exciting and of course on the representing music and music tech within creative industries and Tobias who has worked for a long time with Nobel he he has a passion of showing how Alfred Nobel who of course is so well known for the Nobel Prize and people see him as this classic figure that he was the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs traveling all over the globe and with an endless amount of innovations not just the dynamite <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people that I've spoken to seem to equate the social aspect of Sweden with the innovation aspect of Sweden, that, that there is a correlation between gender equality, for instance, mm -hmm. or uh, flat hierarchical, you know, or non-hierarchical structures yes. um, to, this is why Sweden has got an innovation. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, I think the non-hierarchical, uh, I never say that pro properly, <laughs> is, is definitely very important. And of course, gender equality, even if, as I was mentioning, even myself in my lifetime experienced a lot that it was, it, women didn't work with tech. But of course, compared to the rest of the world, we technically could go to, or has the possibility to go to any school. And also, as I say, has the possibility to go to school full stop. And uh, the, so, of course, the, the social... Socialism and that revolution that happened to Sweden, I think, really uh, contributed. Even if, uh, ironically, it's also what these days works against. <laughs> but to, from my personal point of view, it's definitely this 
wherever it comes from, the fact that people treat each other equally and that there's not you're the boss and you're the this and you're the that. One, one sees each other as teams. People are absolutely shocked if someone <laughs> doesn't. Mm. And that is something that in reverse I was very uh, surprised at when I came to what I thought were very modern parts of the world where it was that this is the structure of uh, no, you are paid to do this. And uh, I experienced it myself which is probably why Swedish people from our generation working out in the world must have been really difficult for all these bosses because we wouldn't we would question everything mm. and say, but why don't you do this and why? Whereas people were taught to just not say. So that's why I often say that, that's why I think it's fantastic to see countries like China where traditionally it's been you just do your job. And I always have been upset since a kid when people say that people from other countries are not creative. I say, no, it's that people have, they, you've been, if you're taught to not say what you feel, then you'll just be quiet with your idea. Mm. You're losing all this incredible talent of, of um, people because of structures that make you feel that one person decides and that is whatever you say it's not going to affect or impact anyway I think it's a nice way to think about it the idea that innovation is somehow linked to the ability to question authority and, and yes. ask how else can this be yes. I think it's a really nice way of thinking about it and that's why the best leaders and of course I do believe in leaders so does Sweden, so does Sweden and I, we often say that that just because you don't have the structure of hierarchy it doesn't mean that you don't have leaders and leadership is very important, but the best are, of course, those who encourage this. Mm. And I think one finds that. I see that all the time, that that you find a lot in Sweden and always have done. It's ever since going to school that as a child you're taught you can question. It's not everything that you say as a teacher is right or wrong. It's, there might be another way of doing it. Fantastic. Sarah, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Sarah Helen, and that's the MTF podcast. If you want to find Sarah, Sup46, Stockholm Music City, Nordic Music Tech, and all of the rest of Sarah's many activities and connections, just, you know, go on the internet, basically anywhere on social media, or simply ask anyone remotely connected with music, technology, innovation, or startups in Stockholm. They'll know where to find her. I'm Dubba. You can find me at Dubba on Twitter and you will find everything MTF, including our next Innovation Labs in Aveiro at MTF Labs on Twitter and at mtflabs.net online. This episode was edited by Jake Dubba. The intro music was by Rex Banner. This is music by Airtone and the MTF audio logo, as always, was created by Run Dreamer. Stay safe, have a great week and we'll talk soon. Cheers. 